Welcome to High Performance Mindset with Dr. Sindra Kampoff. Do you want to reach your full potential? Live a life of passion? Go after your dreams? Each week, we bring you strategies and interviews to help you ignite your mindset. Let's bring on Sindra. Welcome to High Performance Mindset. This is Sindra Kampoff, and I'm really excited for today. We're going to do something a little different. And uh, what we're going to do is Kevin King is actually here to interview me. So I'm in the hot seat today, which feels actually a little uncomfortable because as I reflect on the questions that I ask the uh, people that I'm interviewing on High Performance Mindset, I've recognized that those are, these are some tough questions. <laughs> so today uh, you're going to see the real Sindra Camp off, and uh, I'm going to get a little vulnerable. And I'm really excited because Kevin King is here to interview me. And to give you a little bit of background of Kevin, Kevin is a sport management professor at the University of Wisconsin Lacrosse. He is also the player development and coaching staff consultant for UWL football. Um, he has worked in the NFL and has worked with high performers. And so I thought he'd be really perfect to interview me. And uh, so I'm going to turn it over to Kevin, uh, and I'm going to be in the hot seat today. Sandra, <laughs> I'm so excited to, to do this. And I just want to give your listeners some feedback on how, we, how this came to be and how you and I, uh, how we met. Um, I was talking with um, Dr. Nicole Lavoy at the University of Minnesota, and in my player development role for our football team, um, I, I'm in charge of doing a lot of the leadership development um, for our football squad, and I wanted to find someone that could do some sports psychology with, uh, with our football team. And so uh, first person she said, she said, you know what, you need to talk to uh, Dr. Sandra Camp off at Mankato State University. I was like, so have you heard of her? I was like, no, I haven't. And she says, well, here's her contact information. Um, I remember I emailed you. You responded back later on that evening. Uh, we emailed back and forth. We scheduled a time. Um, I drove two and a half hours west uh, to you to have lunch. And my goodness, we just hit it off. We probably spent three hours together that afternoon on a Friday. And we just came up with all these different cool ideas of how we could work together here in lacrosse uh, with us, and but also how I can work with you over in Mankato. And, and really, this has been a culmination of just the, uh, us getting together and, and having some commonalities and, and wanting to uh, uh, you know, talk to the same audience. So let's get started, Sandra. I, I have a few questions lined up for you. And uh, again, we want you to be as honest as you can be. So let's start with, um, give us a little insight into your passion about what you do and why? That is an awesome question to start with. Um, and my passion is really high performance and giving people the strategies and tools so they can really be at their best mentally. And I think that we get in our way in so many different ways. Sometimes we don't even recognize how we're in our own way. And uh, I think that our everything we do starts with our thought. Um, and so I am really passionate about just helping people in general. And, um, you know, my, my sort of niche has started with sports psychology and working with teams and athletes and high-performing teams. And then I've started to branch out more to business leaders and entrepreneurs. Um, and so I'm really passionate about providing people the tools and strategies that do that and to really reach their potential because what I've realized is um, when you empower people 
with strategies and the tools and how they can really be at, be their best and be at their best self, like that's how they come alive. Absolutely. You know, and, I, and I'm excited when you say that um, when you, you talk to business leaders, uh, athletic teams, entrepreneurs, because they all intersect a lot of times. You have a lot of business and entrepreneurs who have played sports in the past. You've had athletes who are going to eventually go on into the business world. And a lot of the skill sets that you develop uh, are, are manifested at each uh, platform. So that's really good to hear you say that. Um, I know this is your first um, first podcast. And so tell us about what your vision is for this for this podcast. Where do you see it going? You know, I've uh, named it High Performance Mindset. And the reason that I chose that is because, you know, probably the last five years, I've really had some aha moments where I've realized that these skills and strategies that I'm teaching sports teams to really be at their best are the same strategies we use in life and in business. And so uh, what I'm hopeful is that with this podcast is that, um, you know, listeners really get these strategies and the tools that you can use. And my plan is to launch that every Tuesday. You get a new strategy and tool on high performance. And then every Thursday, I'm going to launch an interview with a high performer or somebody who works in high performance. Um, and so that way you get, you know, the expert opinion, you get the real world stuff, but then you also get like these strategies and tools that really, really help high performance. And you know, this is what I'm most passionate about. This is what I feel like is my life's calling. No. Is, um, it is, is my life's calling because, um, and I've spent a lot of time really thinking and reflecting on what is it that gives me energy and why do I do what I do? Um, and I'm really excited just to provide this podcast for people just so they can learn to get out of their own way and really master their mindset so they can live what I call a genius life where they're really living on purpose and with passion um, and they're doing what they're intended to do. No, that's really exciting. You're going to help tons of people. I, I can already see you already have helped tons of people already. Uh, what's interesting as I've gotten to know you was I know that you had the opportunity to talk to so many people, so many uh, high performers across the, the country. Uh, what do you think separates uh, high performers for from those who, who aren't? What I have done in the last six months is really studied this and think thought a lot about what's these, these difference makers. And there's quite a bit of research in my field in performance psychology that shows like what high performers do. And so I've studied this, um, you know, gosh, for almost 20 years, but really in the last six months tried to put something together that reflects me. Okay. Um, and what I put together is a list of top 10 traits of high performers. And those are the things that I think really separates those that are good from great or great to excellent or excellent to outstanding. And when you can really work to master these, these 10 traits, I think um, that allows you to really be in control of yourself and your destiny and, and your own thinking patterns. Um, and if you, you can actually get this list on my website for free, uh, uh, and I'm developing an online course called High Performance University mm. that's going to, oh, I'm really psyched about that in the title, um, but it's going to help people learn to master these top 10 traits. And so I have uh, 10 modules where I'm providing videos and uh, um, exercises and activities so people can really do this um, on their own in a, in a reasonable way. So 
Um, this has kind of been the heart at, at what I'm doing is these top 10 traits. And so let me give you one example. I think um, a, a really high level performer, they have mastered their thinking patterns. Um, they're very self-aware and they, they know what they're thinking about when and they're a master of it. So they don't let their thoughts just go to chance, but they really control what they're thinking um, and they're thinking more in a productive way than an unproductive way. So that's that's kind of at the heart of these top ten traits. So let, let me ask you just a follow up question to to that. Um, how how long does it take to develop that trait? Uh, you know, if if someone doesn't have it, um, can someone develop it? And if so, how long does it take it? Or are you just born with it? Awesome question. I don't think anybody is born with uh, what I would describe as mental skills or mental toughness. It's not something that you're born with. It's something that you develop over time that you cultivate. And there are specific strategies and tools that you can use to help you in that process. And um, gosh, you know, there's so many ways that we get in our own way. Myself as a performer, uh -huh. and what I mean by that as a performer, as as an athlete, I've got I got my own way a lot when I was a college athlete, which got me interested in this field. Um, and uh, I've gotten in my way, you know, as an entrepreneur, as a public speaker, as a writer. <laughs> there, you know, there's so many different ways we get in our own way, and I think you can learn. I know, I know you can learn these strategies because I've, I've done it. I feel like um, I've mastered them and, you know, everybody's a work in progress. But I think when you really learn to master your mind, then everything else follows. Okay. Okay. So in, this could, this could help anyone. This, this is, isn't anyone with a certain personality based, but we all can benefit from mastering this, our mindsets. Absolutely. Okay. All right. So, you know, we talk about knowing your why and, and, and keeping that in front and center and how that can be a powerful motivator to others and, and to yourself. Um, why do you do what you do? Like, What's the driving force behind this, Sandra? <laughs> Again, these are great questions, aren't they? <laughs> like, boom, here I go. Uh oh, why do I do what I do? Um, I do what I do because our mind is incredibly powerful, more powerful than I think that we recognize. Mm -hmm. And when you really master that, then I think you can really reach your ultimate potential. You can live your calling. You can live what you were designed to do. Um, I had a really cool opportunity about um, six months ago or so, and I was uh, in Florida attending a conference a seminar, and actually I was attending a Tony Robbins oh. seminar uh, <laughs> called Date with Destiny, and uh, it was, it's actually one of the coolest things I've been to, and I really like Tony. Um, I see him as a leader in, uh, in psychology, and he helps so many people, and I, I was there at his event, and one of the things that we had to do was actually write our purpose statement mm -hmm. and, you know, the purpose of our life. Um, and so I got to spend a lot of time really thinking about, gosh, what is my purpose and what, you know, what do I do? Why do I do this? And wh what really am I here to do? Mm -hmm. And my purpose statement is, is to be authentic okay. and to live passionately um, and to play big for myself and others. And because I recognize like when I am myself, when I'm comfortable and when I am just me, 
you know, that you, you can, I just can feel the energy coming out of me, right? When I'm really myself and, uh-huh. um, you can't stop my energy <laughs> and you know, that's what fuels me. That that's what makes me come alive. And when I play big, when I, when I get comfortable being uncomfortable and do things that scare me or do things that I fear, like I can be a good representative for other people to follow. And I see myself as a role model for mastering, um, you know, my mindset in, in my own athletic career, but in my business and my life, I see myself as a role model that other people, um, you know, can see how to do it. I, that's a, gosh, that's a big standard, (laughs) you know, when you think about that, but I, I keep that front and center. It's like, gosh, what, what I do every day, Cinder, people are, people are watching, people are, are listening. Um, and I want to be a role model so I can really help people get out of their own way mm-hmm. and uh, really live the life that they, they were designed to do and um, reach their, their ultimate potential. Now, that's it's interesting because, you know, asking yourself why you do what you do um, can change at different stages of your life. You know, from a teenager to 20 or 30s, you may have a kids or family or husband or wife. So, or, you know, you may change careers. And so, uh, there's so many people who have to ask this question, but they don't know how to get to the answer. They they they, they always come to a block of like, I don't know why. Like I, I have a job, I, I like it, but I don't love it, or you know, I'm just kind of existing, but I'm not living. What what are the things that are keeping them from taking that next step? When you really examine your why and think about what's motivating internally that can fuel you. And so that's why high performers really keep their why front and center and they, they keep it there. So they stay motivated and hungry when the going gets tough. Um, and if you don't know why you do what you do, I think taking a hard look at where are you spending your time and is it really fueling you the way that you want? Um, you know, I think about in my own running career, there have been times where, um, you know, uh, gosh, my, my motivation really wasn't there. And but I I could I could I could cultivate that motivation by thinking about the benefits like what do I receive from running and why do I love it so much uh-huh. um, and when you you know so you can really you can cultivate that but I think always keeping that why front and center and thinking about what really fuels you uh-huh. um, is really absolutely key just to reaching your best and your potential. Can you talk now sticking with the the why you do what you do? Can you talk about how important a support system is in that to kind of support you and to keep you on task? And a lot of times when you you might have an off day or you're not feeling your best, that you have a system in place that, that kind of keeps you front and center. Um, how important is that to you, you think? I really like Jim Rohn's quote, um, and he's uh, what I would describe as one of the success gurus. And he describes that we are the average of our five closest friends. And I like that because it just shows you the power of having people around you that support you. Uh And you can't go after what you want by yourself. You absolutely need people who are going to be there providing you positive energy, you know, not being an energy suck, Uh sucker, you know, but really give you energy, help you let go of those failures or mistakes. Um, Because if you dwell on them, you get stuck. Uh And so the, the, the sooner that you as a high performer can, you know, think about what you learn from that mistake and move on um, and then return confidently, I think the more you're likely to stay on top of your goals and go after what you want. And the people around you are really important to help you 
help you do that. Because that, so that support system is, is crucial in, in achieving your, your goals, whatever those goals are, or that mental um, state of mind you, you want to be in. Okay, let's um, move on to, uh, again, talk about yourself, which, which you have been. I know uh, you're doing a great job at it, but what I want to know is we know that uh, we learn best from our failures. So uh, talk a little bit about a, a time when you failed and, and what did you learn from that failure, Sandra? The time that I would describe is probably the, it, you know, and this time is um, a little bit even difficult for me to talk about now. It happened within the last year, and so my wound is still pretty salty, right? <laughs> um, <laughs> and um, the the failure that I would describe is I had to cut ties with a, a, a business partner, mm-hmm. Um and it was really difficult, um, just lack of communication. And, you know, it just wasn't really going the way that it was. We weren't really supporting each other the way that we could. And, you know, why it was so difficult is because this person was a really, really good friend of mine. Um, and, you know, we fueled each other in a lot of ways. Um, but, you know, there were things that weren't, weren't really helping either of us. Um, and so why it was a failure I think why it was a failure for me is because in the moment, you know, I was reading actually all these books about conflict (laughs) and, you know, how to handle conflict. You know, my sort of like academic hat, I was putting it on and, okay, how can I study conflict so I can be better at this? And, um, and I think in the process, especially during the conflict, I was probably being somebody that I really wasn't. And, you know, if you know me personally, you know that I'm a very loving person who has a lot of energy, really approachable. Um, and I think that I, in this situation, I was being kind of really stern. And it's like, well, no, this is, this is, this is the answer or, or nothing, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and, I, I really wasn't I wasn't myself in that conversation and I really didn't have the honest conversation that, from the heart, you know, um, and that that's what I really learned from it is especially in conflict, like to be honest and be real is really important. And that's what helps kind of mend relationships, mm-hmm. especially when the going gets tough. And, you know, we know just from research on authenticity, when you show up and you're real like that's how you build relationships. And when you're somebody else, when you're phony, that doesn't allow you to build relationships. And I really take pride in like consciously working on bringing my best self and being authentic. And, um, you know, it was, it was a difficult, it was a difficult time. Um, I think I've thought quite a bit about, gosh, what could have gone differently. Mm-hmm. Um, but I also know like things happen for a reason. And so, um, I'm still kind of working through that, but I would describe that as, as you know, my biggest failure so far. Yep. <laughs> There'll be lots more. <laughs> and you mentioned, you know, when you talk about conflict and, you know, and there's, there's healthy conflict, but people, when they think of conflict, it is a negative connotation to it, like there's a confrontation um, that will ensue. Um, but talk about how healthy conflict can actually help, in, especially in terms of you becoming your authentic self. I think that failure is something that is inevitable and, you know, we can't grow and we can't learn without failure. And there, you know, the fear of failure holds people back. Um, and so the more we actually are okay with sort of like failing and what, it, you know, people define failure differently. But what I really mean is just, you know, not reaching your goals or are, are not, um, 
not good kind of getting what you want. And there's so much we can learn from failure. We know actually from the best athletes in the world that they're constantly learning from failure. You know, if it's a missed shot or if it's, you know, you, you, you miss the, the game winning score, right? I mean, the best, the best performers, they learn from that failure and they learn from when things don't go great. And I think as a performer, um, what we can do that doesn't help us is just discount that, you know, and what I mean by that is like, um, not learn from it and just kind of brush it off and don't care about it. Cause there are je- that's how we learn. We learn from the gems. And I've really been, you know, my own career as, entre- as an entrepreneur, <laughs> uh-huh. you know, taking risks, getting out there. Um, and I recognize I will not be perfect. Um, and, but you know what? Like when you try to be perfect, you're also not real. And then you end up being somebody that you are not. Okay. Okay. All right. So now let's reverse it now and, and talk about um, some, some great times and, and not failures, but let's talk about successes. So why don't you, Sandra, uh, paint a picture for me of, of your best moment in your career and, uh, and, and why it was so awesome. And I can see your, your face starting to light up now because I know you have an awesome answer. So let's hear it. <laughs> Well, I would say there are two moments, um, and one has to do with me, and one doesn't. And what I mean by that is, um, last year I was able to work with uh, several high-level football teams, and you know, if you know me, uh, you know I'm kind of shorter, and so I don't really sort of like I stand out <laughs> among football players, um, and I've learned to embrace that actually. Um, and I, I got to work with this incredible opportunity to help one of uh, the nation's best football teams make it to the national championship and then uh, really reach their goals. And I've worked with this team for three years, so it was just really outstanding seeing them reach their goals and knowing that, you know, you were a small part of it um, and teaching, you know, the mindset part and teaching them to really get out of their own way. So... Um, that was real. I was a really proud moment, just helping a team get there. Um, and then I would describe as like, you know, my personal personal moment is actually something to do with my running career. Um, and so, you know, I'm a marathoner, have ran, I think about like 11 marathons um, at this point. But a few years ago, I worked really, really, really hard in my training. I ran 90 miles a oh, week. Oh, oh, Sandra, <laughs> please. No, you didn't. <laughs> But you know what? I was the fittest I've ever been in my whole entire life. A week, oh. yeah, that's what I peaked at. Um, Someone doesn't but, even do that in their lifetime. Sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, but I, you know, I really, um, I just knew. Well, I, first of all, I love, I love running. It's my passion, so it really fuels me. So I love it. Okay. Um, but I had this goal of really like um, going after my marathoning goals and. I ran the Omaha Marathon. So Omaha is in Nebraska, um, for people that don't know, and my parents live there. So I went there, and my parents were there, and I worked really, really hard to get ready for this this race. Um, and uh, about halfway, I, I recognized my husband told me I was winning for women. So... <laughs> You know, I was like, oh, my gosh, you know, all this training is going to, you know, make a difference and um, just just really fueled me. And then there was a few moments in the race where, oh, it got really tough. And, you know, when you run 26.2 miles, it's not an easy journey ever. Um, And uh, about mile um, 
18 or 19, the second place woman was right on my tail, mm. oh. right on me. And uh, approaching this really tough hill, really tough part of the race. Um, and, you know, my self-doubt really just creeped in and, oh, you know, this isn't going to be my day. Yeah. All this training, you know, going to waste, um, you know, uh, she's going to catch me. She's going to pass me. You know, all the and when your, when your body gets tired, it's very hard to control your mind. <laughs> very hard. Um, and she didn't pass me, but she was on my tail for several miles when I was feeling pretty miserable, to be honest. Um, and uh, there's a part in uh, the race where it was about mile 23. It's a, it's a crazy part of the race where you had to run around a cone. And then, but the cool thing is you got to see who was behind you. Oh, okay. And, and so it's like sort of like the switchback. And so I ran around this cone. She was right, right on my tail. But I could, it was, there was a moment in time where I saw her face. Um, and I made eye contact with her. And... I recognized that she was in just as much discomfort as me. Oh. And I had this like aha moment that I was like, um, oh my gosh, like this is what the marathon is about. You know, like everybody's feeling discomfort at this moment. So, you know, it's really about who can find that energy. And it just fueled me. It fueled me. And so the net, the last three miles were my fastest miles in my marathon at the end, at the end when I had already experienced so much discomfort. And I think my last mile was something like a six, 10 pace or something. It was so fast. I was just so, I don't know. And I ended up like, you know, beating her by. You you ran a six minute mile in the 25th point two mile of a marathon. Are you kidding me? (laughs) That's what that's what you can do when you train really hard. <laughs> um, I was very, very prepared and very fit. Um, but you know what I loved about that? It was like I learned that I could control my mindset um, and I could I always had this extra gear. And I think that's, you know, that's key in life, too. And in your business, you know, it, it gets going to it's going to be tough. So how but you, you can always find this gear. How did you get how, how did you know you had that gear? Like, did you had you used it before and you knew it was there? Or was it you, you, you found out you had it in that moment? What was it? Uh, you know, wow, I've never had that gear quite like that at the end of a marathon. Um, and what it was just like this aha moment that just switched my mindset, just like it was like a snap of the finger. I saw her. It triggered in my mind like, oh, my gosh, this is a hard race, you know, but you you have what it takes to go after this, you know. And so I, you know, I just remember like going from like negative, negative, negative thought, negative thought, negative thought, just like over my mind was my body was overcome by negativity for a couple miles. And then it was like this light switch went off and it was like positive, 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 positive. And so, you know, once when I saw her face, that was just like the trigger. And then I could just like um, it was all these like really empowering thoughts like, Syndra, you have this, you got this, you know, you, you ran 90 miles a week for this race. Like get after it. You got it. You got this extra gear. Let's go. You know, Oh my gosh, you feel so strong. You look so strong, you know, just like all these really empowering thoughts. Um, and what, what's amazing about our bodies is, um, our body follows our mind. And so when we can, when we can, 
place place empowering thoughts in our mind like our body follows and you know I, I kind of like this um th- this way to just think about it is like you shouldn't just listen to your mind you should talk to it and what I mean by that is like when we just listen we tend to gosh, ruminate we tend, can tend to have this negative you know just negativity in our mind but when we really like put things into our mind um, that that allows us to thrive. And so that was um, a really proud moment for me because I was able to get over the negativity and finish strong. <laughs> so I use an analogy in my life, you know, and in projects I work on in business, it's like um, you have that extra gear, Sandra, keep on going. Right. No, that's, that's awesome. Now you mentioned, uh an aha moment when you were turning around that corner and you saw, looked in her eyes and you knew that she was just as uncomfortable as you were. Give us another uh, aha moment in, in your career uh, that, that maybe you can um, share with us that could help us even more. You know, I've been doing quite a bit of public speaking and it's what I'm really passionate about because um, I think that it can really help people just master their mindset and, and um, teach them and, these strategies and tools on how to do it. And my aha moment has come, this aha moment specifically came about um, probably about nine months ago. And, you know, I think when I work with teams or I work with businesses and, and do quite a bit of, you know, keynoting or working with teams where I'm helping them master their mindset, um, I, I realize that, like, Sometimes um, I I try to be other people in my field. And so I had some really incredible mentors when I was working on my Ph.D. And one of them is a leader within my field. His name is Dan Gould. And sometimes I, I w- would work to be Dan Gould <laughs> or somebody else. Right. Uh-huh. Um, but I never felt very fueled when I left. Like I might have done a great job and, you know, got the point across. Um, but. I, I never felt quite fulfilled, and, but then I recognized, oh my gosh, the times that I am the most fulfilled is when I'm the most alive. And then, you know, I started just really reflecting on when am I really at my best? And what it comes down to is, is this aha moment that I had is, you know, when you show up as yourself, mm-hmm. when you're, you know, in, in, in everything, but especially in public speaking, when you show up in your present and uh, you you aren't judging yourself at the same time and you are real and you bring yourself yourself your full self and for me my full self is you know passionate energizing um love what i do a role model you know for the mental the mental game mm-hmm. and the mental side of business and when i am ready to show up like the real Cinder Kampoff. <laughs> uh, that's when I shine, you know, um, and that's when I, I love it. And I, I finish the speech and, or the keynote or whatever. And I'm like, wow, that was amazing. And I make a connection with the audience um, that I wouldn't have been able to do before. And so my aha moment um, has really been this journey in my public speaking career of showing up as me. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and, and that, you know, um, that means like um, being, being comfortable in my own skin and, 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 and not realizing I am not perfect and, and laughing off times that I'm not perfect. Okay. All right. No, that's, I, I like that a lot. Now, listen, I, I tell you, you know, I am the, 
a big dreamer, and I, I dream um, big all the time. And so the question I'm going to ask you next, I, I never really thought about it this way, but I'm hoping you can shed some light. Um, here at the High Performance Mindset, we believe that if your dreams do not scare you, um, then they're not big enough. And I never thought of it like this. So uh, what is one of your dreams that scares you, Sandra? You know, the reason that I think that's so powerful <laughs> is because um, if we don't dream big, we hold ourselves back without even recognizing it. And so one of my big dreams is I'm really passionate about uh, working with football teams and uh, the mental side of football. One of my big, big dreams would be to be the go-to person in performance psychology for football teams in the NFL. And that's a really big dream. Uh, but something that um, I'm going after. Um, so that's a big dream I have. And then I have another big dream of um, helping some of the top corporations being, you know, their their coach, really allowing them to be at their best and 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 thrive, allowing their their employees to thrive so they can work together and uh, be a good a good teammate, and a good employee, but also like fueled and and purposeful. So. Um, those, those are the things that scare me. Let's go back to the NFL part first. What scares you about that? Why? It, I know it's daunting to think like, wow, 32 NFL teams, you're the go-to person for them. What's the thing where you're like, when you, when you say that? Oh, well, let's see. Um, <laughs> that's a great question, Kevin. <laughs> um, I think it's really – you know, I, I would stand out. Um, and I think that's the scary thing is, you know, uh, I would stand out. I would always have to be on. Um, and, you know, it's just scary trying to work work on uh, working at maybe um, a place that you haven't, right? It's, you know, a little unfamiliar territory, the politics. That's probably what scares me. But you know what? Like, I know that in the moment – I can handle anything, so okay. <laughs> I will thrive. Okay, all right. And now, and now, translating this to to business, what's that? Because it's it's a it's even though the NFL is a business, but it's it's a different clientele, so to speak. So, what scares you about the working with businesses? Maybe your dream of working with different types of businesses. I think being out there and being comfortable with being out there, and I think as an entrepreneur. I think that can be something that really holds people back is, you know, like, what will people think, um, you know, and the, the criticism that could that could take place. But I think the key is, is not letting that stop you. Mm -hmm. So I want to ask you this, too, because I know there's going to be a, a lot of women out here that are listening to you and you being a, a female. And, and when we talk about football and it being a predominantly uh, male environment. Uh, how do you do you does that factor into the nerves or does that factor into the the scariness part because I know a lot of women out here uh, and I know a lot of students who are sometimes they get intimidated by being in a male in, environment and that sort of um, subsides their dreams a little bit you know I would say I'm I'm really comfortable in that environment because I've already worked in it and um, worked in it quite a bit but I do think that holds people back. I think that's one of the things that I really want to do for my profession is break some barriers that people haven't. 
um, or haven't haven't widespread. That motivates me. You know, that's actually one of my other sort of whys is I want to change uh, the prominence of what people understand about mindset and performance psychology and how it is, you know, useful every single day. Um, but sure, I think, you know, th- that's kind of what I mean by like standing out. Okay. <laughs> All right. Five, two female blonde hair, you know, uh, I'm not, you know, it's not like I look like everybody else, <laughs> but, but what I have learned in my journey is that, that you have to embrace your uniqueness um, if you shy away from that, then you're in your own shadow and you can't really be yourself and you can't really be alive. So okay. I've learned to um, embrace that. You know, I can't change my height. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, uh, being really comfortable with that and uh, knowing that I can make a difference regardless of um of the height difference, mm-hmm. you know, I, when what one team I worked with, that I was on the sidelines with, um, it was pretty funny because, you know, one per, one of the guys said to me, cause you know, they're like, uh, you know, yeah. heads, heads taller than me. And, uh, you know, one person was like, Dr. Kampoff, you're really short. <laughs> <laughs> and to be honest, I did, I, you know, in the moment I was like, Oh, how do I respond to that? You know, but I said, well, no, you're really small, he said. And I said, well, um, marathoners are usually small. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> well, I, you know, it is who I am. So, but I think that's important for all of us. We can't be somebody that we're not. And so um, we're really working to be comfortable with that. It's absolutely key for us just to be happy and to live a life of our true potential. Okay. All right. So now you've developed this top 10 traits of, of high performance, right? And my next uh, question for you is, is what trait of that top 10 traits of high performance do you exhibit the most? I would say number three, which is um, they master their thinking patterns. So that to me is really um, at the heart of our performance is our thinking patterns and um, number four is um, high, having high self-awareness. And I think, you know, that's what I, I do pride myself on that, like being able to um, recognize what I'm thinking about and, you know, being able to, to change that when, it, when I am really getting my own way. Sometimes it's more difficult than other times, but um, that's what I would say is, is the trait that I exhibit the most. Okay. All right. And in that same uh, list, which one do you, you see yourself working on? or need to work on more? Uh, number nine, which is uh, <laughs> they are self-compassionate. This is something that, you know, it's been part of my own journey. Um, that's really important, I know, to performance. And, you know, self-compassionate to me means is just that high, high performers know that people aren't perfect and they let go of their mistakes, they learn from them, and then they return confidently. But they don't beat themselves up in the process and I think that that's actually can what can get really get in our own way is when we beat ourselves up, you know. Um, uh, you know, I was telling you about the podcast artwork, Kevin, and I know you've been really helping me with that, which I really appreciate. Uh-huh. Um, and that that's gotten me stuck for like a month launching this podcast, you know, <laughs> uh, just and not even, you know, gosh, I, for the whole month I haven't been able to make a difference with this podcast, right. you know, so. Um, but then sometimes I beat myself up. It's like, oh, Sindra, seriously, you know, get over it, you know. So um, just I think at the heart of self-compassion is loving yourself and 
um, being, you know, laughing it off like not everybody's perfect. And actually, like we were just talking about how failure is a part of high performance. Mm -hmm. And so when you're... um, when you don't let go of those uh, those failures or those mistakes and you beat yourself up, it just cuts at your confidence. Right. Yeah. And that can happen on the playing field or in business or, or really just, as you said, in life. I mean, it, you know, one failure throughout the day can change the trajectory of your entire day or game or, or situation if you allow it. And so you're, in terms of mastering that and being able to overturn it is critical. Um, all right, so we're going to move on to um, our next question is, uh, what do you think are one or two things uh, you do mentally uh, to stay at your best? And this is going to be extremely helpful to us because obviously we look to you as the expert and we want to uh, have some of those same qualities. The thing that I do um, as much as I can <laughs> is run. Because I have recognized that that fuels me, that allows me to kind of release some negativity that I have, um, you know, and and also allows me to connect with other people. I really get fueled in that way. And so if I go for a run in the morning, it's I'm going to actually be more productive throughout my day. Mm -hmm. So that's something that um, is really important to me when I when I don't do it, I recognize, you know, that I, I'm kind of a little off. I'm not quite myself. And we know there is incredible amount of research about physical activity and how it releases positive endorphins. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's one of the things I do. How far do I you think, run? How far? Do you run like 10 miles a day? Or, or What are we talking here, Sandra? You know, depends on if I'm training for a marathon. <laughs> <laughs> um so it really depends. This morning I ran six miles, so oh, no you know no that gives deal. you that gives you like a snapshot. But you know what? When I'm when I'm training for a marathon, you know every Saturday I run a long run, and that might be up to you know twenty miles, twenty two miles. Wow. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I think for some people you're right. Like it's like what you do what. Right. But for others um, it might be riding a bike for 10 miles or going for a walk for two miles, right? It could be yeah. whatever is most comfortable to that individual, right? Yes. Yeah. And I, I've spent a lot of time really thinking about what does fuel me. What are the practices that I absolutely need so I can be at my best? And um, physical activity and running is one of them. I get so much just fuel from that. Um, the other practice that I would say is I have thought quite a bit about you know, when am I my best? When am I my best self? So that I can really, you know, be fueled in that way and, and, and honestly get out of my own way. Um, and so that's that's something that I consciously practice every day is, um, you know, how can I really be my authentic self? How can I really be, you know, my best self today so that I can impact people, positively impact people, um, and also feel good about life and feel good being happy because when you are yourself like um that's that's really when you're at your best and you reduce anxiety and depression and Mm -hmm. resentment and negativity okay okay so we're going to move on to um to the speed round here so uh i'm going to ask you a question and i just want you to answer it with uh one word or as quickly as you can um, and so this should be a lot of fun. I, I have uh, four questions here, so it's going to be super quick. You ready? Yes. All right. So if you could recommend one book for our audience, uh, what would it be and why? 
I like the book called The Seven Decisions by Andy Andrews. And Andy was uh, homeless for a, a, a part of his life. He was living under um, he was living under like a tunnel. And uh, and if you read his book, he's, he did all this research about how the the greatest achievers think in their 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 patterns um and i i got to hear him speak actually a month ago and he it was he was outstanding but i love the seven decisions um if you're an athlete listening cuz that the seven decisions is for anybody okay. uh, and and the other book that i would read if you're an athlete is uh the champion's code or actually the champion's mind it is by jim Affermau. it's one of my favorite books related to sports psychology okay all right uh, what is one word that people describe you as, Sandra? Passionate. <laughs> really? I can't tell. No, I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. All right. Passionate. All right. Um, next question. What is the best advice you've ever received? My cross-country coach in high school would tell us that we should go to the Liz Rothsmeyer camp for the summer. Um, and Liz Rolfsmeyer was a very good high school runner in my high school. And his point was that um, you don't have to go to all these fancy camps, but what you have to do is work hard every day. And what I liked about that analogy is um, that, that hard work every day is really what's going to allow you to, to get after your dreams and go after it. And uh, one summer I went to the Liz Rolfsmeyer camp, which basically meant like you stay, you run every single day. Uh, you don't have to go to this fancy camp, you know, but it's the hard work that matters. And, uh, that year I got second in state. So pretty cool, you know, that the Liz Rolfsmeyer camp can allow you to, to go after your dreams. So what that really means is, um, work hard every single day to go after what you want, um, and, and be focused with what you want. Okay. All right. And now, Sandra, give us uh, a success quote that you live by and and really how it applies to yourself and and to others who are listening. If your dreams don't scare you, they aren't big enough. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I had an awesome opportunity in uh, a few months ago, excuse me, to give a commencement speech. Um, And that's one of the things that I talked about is, you know, you have to have big dreams because if you dream small, you're going to limit yourself and your potential. But when you dream big, even if it's scary, you recognize that what you could absolutely do. Um, and I think that's that's the key is, um, you know, one of my top 10 traits is be comfortable being uncomfortable. And we know that the the high, the, you know, high performers they deal with that discomfort and that discomfort could be the fear that gets in their way going after what they want or self-doubt. And what I've come to recognize in my own journey is whenever you're pushing yourself, whenever you're going after what you want, that fear isn't going to go away. Okay. Um, and as, and as a, as a high performer, and what I really mean by high performance is, you know, really you reaching your potential, um, that, that fear is not going to go away as long as you're pushing yourself. In fact, when the fear does, does go away, um, it probably means that you're settling. Okay. So I absolutely love that quote, if your dreams don't scare you, they aren't big enough. Okay, okay. And then our final question for you, Sandra, is uh, what advice do you have for, for Performer Nation out there? We all have unique strengths and gifts. 
And when you embrace those unique strengths and gifts, that's when you flourish. That's when you're most alive. Um, and when you when you aren't yourself, you kind of you get stuck in your own shadow. And I think recognizing those own unique gifts and strengths is really important because the world absolutely needs your gifts and your strengths. So don't hold back. <laughs> well, listen, before I turn it back over to you for you to to uh, close down this podcast uh, as the as the host of the show. This has been an amazing experience for me. This has been so much fun to just sit here and have a dialogue with you and, and hope. And I know that you're going to inspire and help so many people out there that's listening. So, you know, I just thank you for allowing me to be a part of your journey and that our, our paths have crossed and that we'll continue to, to move forward together. Awesome, Kevin. Thank you so much for this opportunity for you to interview me. This wasn't something that I really expected to do, but um, I really love this. And I hope that the listeners got to know a little bit more about my perspective and what I hope to bring on this podcast. And, you know, I'd encourage you to follow this journey. Um, and so you can really learn the mental tools and strategies of high performance in sport, business, and in life. So as a reminder, every Tuesday, there will be a new sort of strategy session that will be released on a high performance topic. Every Thursday, we're going to release an interview with either a high performer or someone who works in high performance. So if you want that um, list of top 10 traits of high performance, you can visit my website, SyndraCampoff.com. Or I got a fancy way you can also get it. You can text mentally strong, all one word, to 22828. So that's mentally strong, all one word, to 22828. And then you get um, on my email list, I video blog every week. So I send out a video on a high performance topic. And then you also get um, delivered to your email the top 10 traits of high performers. So thank you so much for joining Kevin and I. I wish you the best um, for your weekend and, and get after it. If you enjoyed today's episode, jump over to iTunes and rate the podcast for us. When you do that, it allows us to reach more great people like you who are interested in the high performance mindset. It'll just take three seconds or so, and I'd be so incredibly grateful. And today's episode is sponsored by Worldwide Access Solutions Incorporated, a 24 7 clear advantage a call center providing inboard and outboard services and a licensed life and health insurance agency. You can visit them at wasi.com. That's W-A-S-I.com. Thank you for listening to High Performance Mindset. Are you signed up for Syndra's weekly email with free mental tools and strategies for high performance? Why the heck not? Text mentally strong, all one word, to 22828 or visit syndracampoff.com.